the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Let's deal with line number three with Jermaine in Alameda. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. Hey, what's going on, bro? Oh, none much. You know, um, of course, I, I saw the Washington shenanigans, but I, I think that could wait for another time because I'm sure we'll see some more. But I just had to call and, and uh, commend everyone for the, the Arts of Grace show that uh, I went out to watch on Saturday. I, I had to concur with my sister earlier. I that's something I actually would have paid for and, and would have been well worth the money. I, I never saw the the gospel presented in that way and to affect so many people. And, and just like you on the topic of roots, I actually, I think we, we invited about 15 people with led to like 30 people coming out. Wow. And I was, um, I actually was surprised because some of the people that came out, I know are unsaved and, and I'm not judging them. I know cause I'm, I'm related to some of them. Sure. Sure. And family. Then, you know, you had, uh, Mormons, Catholics, and just outright atheists there. And I was shocked as I just happened to glance and turn my head, and they were really paying attention. They were into it, and and uh, even clapping and dancing. And I'm like, wow, I wonder if they know they, they, they're actually getting the gospel. But every single person that came was, was touched, and and I went outside, and, you know, someone that I had been concerned with said, hey, that was really nice. I'm glad I came. And, and uh, I actually didn't even invite that particular person, but... I said, hey, you're welcome. You know, this is, uh, this is kind of what what we used to get in some deep theology over here. So, so I, I just wanted to kind of let you know that, that uh, it affected a lot of people, and it was one of the better pre- presentations I think I ever saw. You know, Jermaine, I, I'll tell you, I appreciate that. You know that um, we prayed for that, and, of course, I, I asked our congregation to do exactly that, man. Ask people who don't know the Lord, people coming from different persuasions, because we really do believe that the only solution to all of this crazy in the world is Christ. And that format that we uh, engaged in was definitely uh, an art form that we knew would touch people because a lot of us are from those spaces and music is a beautiful thing and and quality singing, uh, poetry, narration, all of that, the visual, everything. It worked out well, few glitches here and there, but we are very happy about it. And, and of course, you know, you heard what they said about your kids. And that was because we collaborated hard uh, with our stage crew about how to be on the stage when it comes to switching sets and all that. And uh, man, God gave us a lot of grace and it was a lot of work put in, and we're trusting that we'll be able to take that and make it a model for not necessarily as big a presentation as this one was. We did this one, Jermaine, because we, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to uh, <clears throat> get get the new year in right, and really give people something to kind of lift their heads up out of the dungeon of, uh, of 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 you know COVID, and and it, and it worked. I mean, people came out. It was it was a beautiful thing to see. And, and, and the hearts of everybody that was part of that Arts of Grace project, the performers, musicians, 
helpers. Everybody was blessed by it. So God did answer our prayer. And I appreciate you uh, giving a shout out for that, man. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just end it with this. Um, I'm not going to touch on the, the negative stuff, but it's witnessing what I saw in the audience, the, the effect. I spiritually can see why they wanted people not to go to church because we went to in and out Burger after, and there was a packed line out the doors, line at grocery outlet, and they said nothing about that. But I see why the see? church was targeted. That's, that's it. Yep, it's totally, man. Totally, totally, totally. Bless you, my brother. Let me go to line number um, <clears throat> number two and talk with E from Hayward. E from Hayward. Don't know what E means, but I guess E can tell us <laughs> no, what, no, no. who he it is. is. It's, it's, for, it's for Idris. It's for Idris. Oh, yeah, Idris, I, how are you? I, I how, how are you, Idris? I'm, I'm doing well, sir, but uh, you, you, you nailed it. You know, I was talking with one of my brothers yesterday, and I realized that, you know, a lot of Christians walk around talking about the veil that's on other people's faces, but they don't realize a lot of us are walking with that veil on our face and don't even realize it. And, and I said the thing, the word that, that came to me was other than veil is perspective. Some people got a perspective that is not biblical, and they see things the way they want to see it, and yep. they can look at the exact. When you really get in Christ, truth is truth, right is right, wrong is wrong, and you got to start with yourself. Amen. That's how it get. That's how. Let, that's how <clears throat> the Lord breaks you. You see your Amen. own ugliness, and then you have mercy on others, but you got to call it out. So when you yep. come out there and say whether you look into the left or the right, you got to understand it. It, it, it starts with Christ. It's yes, not sir. about because you can you find dirt on both sides, and so yes, sir. I'll talk to people. I'll talk to people on the left. And when I tell them how I voted, but I try to let them know it's not that I'm saying that this, but you got to understand, ultimately, it comes down to him, and you lose people. They just, because they, they got that veil. And I said, look, he said, Jesus, Jesus, we're not prophesying your name. Get away from me, evildoers. He start, he's right. not talking about unbelievers. He's talking right. about people who are walking, thinking. And then the thing that came to me is we looked at this election, and we saw it was 50-50 for the most part. We know a lot of funny stuff happened. You know, I'm, I'm, with myself, you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm like, wait, hold on. He says it's a narrow path, not right. 50 50. Right. So clearly the delusion is real. Yeah, so is. I, I just I just want to tell everybody to start with yourself. But I appreciate you. You're one of the very few that call it like it is. I see a lot of people that always, and I don't blame them. I get it. I don't know their experiences, but I always love to listen to somebody that's going to keep it real and say, look, this, look. God is not Democratic or Republican. That's God right. started this. He's going to finish it. So I just, right. I, just, I just, I just, I appreciate you coming out there regardless of what's going on. I know you're not getting paid great money for this. You're just putting it like it is. So I just, God bless you, sir. Appreciate I, it. I'm not getting paid at all to do this. This is always <laughs> a, a public service. I've been doing this for 12, 15 years. I don't get paid to do this <clears throat> at all, just in case some people are deceived under the notion that somehow. I make money. This here is a complete love offering on my part to the to my community because I love my people in the Bay Area. I love the Bay Area like I don't know what. Idris, I go around the world, been around the world, been all over the United States, been in the South, been in the Bible Belt, been in the city areas of New York and, and, and Boston mm. and areas like that. And, and I always tell people, you know, you, 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 they might talk bad about California, but people are the same everywhere. Either they are mm. saved or they're lost. Either they are blind, they can see. We all are the same. 
we are all vulnerable and in need of a savior. And when you can break through what you were talking about, the veil, the veil, the veil, because there's a veil there that impedes men and women from seeing the truth. And until they are actually walking in profound honesty with Jesus Christ, the true and the living God revealed in Christ, they are not going to be able to handle what they see. This is called a normalcy bias. I teach it all the time. People don't mm. want to see the truth because there's a price to pay. And this is why you don't mm. hear. This is why you don't hear a lot of preachers as candid and as overt as I am. And I mean, even our elite international pastors, I love them all. But they're scared. I don't know what the trepidation is about dealing with real down-to-earth, practical, everyday, immediate, relevant issues like that which we are dealing with, but I'm not cut out of that cloth. I am cut out of the cloth of once I get clarity on the truth, I try to make it as plain as day so people are not ambivalent, people are not confused, and I know that they don't particularly care for it, but some do, such as yourself, because we want to keep it real with God and therefore keep it real with people. Got to keep it real with God. Got to keep it real. He kept it real with us. Right. <laughs> he kept it real with us. I mean, that's truly, the reason truly. we're saying. Because the Lord Jesus, you don't get as sharp as Christ. I'm going to tell you now, if Jesus was here, <laughs> Idris, please listen. If our master was here, everybody would be prostrate because he wouldn't go for any of this crap going on in religion or in politics. He cleaned house when he was in Israel. He came in in his first three and a half years with a switch. And he left out with a switch, <laughs> cleaning up his daddy's house. And when it's over with, his daddy's house is going to be clean again. Amen. Hey, bless you, man. I got to take a hard break. You call anytime Absolutely. you want. Anytime you want. All right, I'm going to take a break. And then when I come back, I will be dealing with Dan from Sonoma. I'll be dealing with Kiana from San Leandro. And then Stefan from Oakland. We've got one line open, one 367 Idris is making a point, and that point is very important, and I'll share it with you because I think about this stuff all the time. <clears throat> if you, and, and if it, it was one uh, old theologian, his name will come back to me in a moment. He said it like this, a true preacher, a true prophet, is thankful to be alive every day because when you tell the truth in a community that doesn't care for it, your life is always in danger. Your life is always in danger. And and that's going to be increasingly more so for us in America, as it is in China, as it is in Iran, as it is in Africa, as it is in, uh, uh, in many other countries, Pakistan, as it is in many parts of India as it is in almost all socialist countries, the truth cannot be communicated. And this is why you guys are starting to see censorship at the mega business level, mega tech level everywhere, because truth will expose the lie. So the enemy is going to always use the censorship method of making sure you only hear one side, because truth is the most dangerous weapon on planet Earth, you can ask Malcolm X, you can ask Martin Luther King Jr., you can ask JFK, you can ask Robert F. Kennedy, and the many, many, many political prophets and biblical prophets who have died over the years for truth. We'll be right back.
We are back, and we've got one line open, one triple eight. 3675 If you want to join the conversation with yours truly, Jesse Gistin on the Monday edition of Lifeline. By the way, this Saturday, Rules of Engagement, fifth annual seminar at 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. For those of you who are in relationships or wanting to figure out why things were so messed up in the previous one, we're going to be dealing with some fundamentals that will be encouraging, edifying, challenging, but are designed to build you up. And certainly if you've been challenged in the year 2020 and you just discover that uh, your, your marriage was impacted significantly by it, hey, come on out. You've got nothing to lose. I guarantee you, you will learn something and you will be exposed to valuable biblical concepts that will help you be much more Christ-exalting in your marriage. If you're a young single person and you're talking about preparing for that arduous institution and franchise that God has called for, uh, called many of us to, not everybody, uh, you really want to learn. You want to be able to prepare yourself, arm yourself for being able to enter into the most difficult, arduous, but rewarding relationship uh, that one can have. It's called marriage. Let's go to line number four and talk with Dan from Sonoma. Dan, are you there? Yes, and uh, go Aegis. That was really good. Um, was I? I before I say what I called about, I want to mention about the song. Nobody's Tell was very special to Hank Snow because he had a very dysfunctional person in the role as his stepfather as he details in his book and uh right. so that song was uh special from a long time back right um so i called about i would like you to help me back off if i say anything rhetorical that's too extreme because i i would rather be balanced in my logic than rhetoric sure but i'm wondering who the dude is that's seeing <laughs> that he's a prophet and that we're going to have martial law. I'm suspicious of anybody skeptical of any anybody that says he's a prophet. Um, um, you're talking about Linwood? I think I just got a link from the Facebook today, and I couldn't tell who he was, but probably so, yeah. He said it had about 84 followers, and it, yeah, I think so. No, no, no. Linwood is a lawyer... Uh, that has been working with um, uh, Sidney Powell on the Trump campaign uh, and, and pretty much are very much aware of kind of a lot of the surreptitious things that are going on behind the scene. Uh, this guy that you're talking about, if he's just some Johnny-come-lately prophet on the YouTube with 84 followers talking about <clears throat> martial law, I would completely disregard him as being a huckster. And here's the reason why. Uh, every time we reach a pinnacle of crisis in our country, we all know martial law can be implemented. It has been implemented before. It, it can be implemented at any time. People who are warmongers, crisis mongers, people who just kind of want the status quo to be turned upside down will quickly cry uh, martial law. Well, <clears throat> all of us know that at some point, martial law will be implemented if, in fact, our government goes tyrannical or if our citizenry behaves in a fashion that threatens 
constitutional law and order. And I mean that in that order, constitutional law and order, not the leftist form of law and order that is oppressive, unconstitutional, and ultimately Marxist in its framework and agenda uh, uh, going forward, particularly in the reset, um, because you're hearing that crap from Nancy Pelosi and others about Trump and, and, and his so-called followers painting the narrative that somehow they are worse than the left. And this is why I laid it out. And Idris was, uh, Idris was uh, careful enough to be able to at least uh, echo it. Forget the left and right notion of uh, lawless, you know, uh, violent criminal type Americans. If, if I were to be a little bit more frank about what's going on, You've got people on both sides, whether it's on the left side or on the right, who are good people, who love the country. Let me clarify. On the left, you have what are called classical liberals who recognize the overt misuse of power that's going on in Washington. The classical liberal does not care about the Republicans or the Democrats, because they see all of them as part of the deep state, as part of the traitorous, treasonous crew who are making money off of foreign interests, foreign power, foreign bankers, foreign tech, and, and, and also with big tech in our country. This is why we have seen so many unconstitutional things taking place with big tech. And therefore, the people on the right you take your patriots or your folks who are who love America as well, who also see our government doing the same. This is why our government is at present in a flux, <clears throat> because it recognizes on the left on the on the left hand with Biden, BLM and Antifa is mandating to Biden things that Biden cannot bring to pass. What that means is, ladies and gentlemen, should Biden become the president? And that's still up for question for a lot of people. When he gets into office, guess what you're going to see in about a year? Protests and riots. Protests and riots. Nothing will change. The same lies, the same narrative, the same false assertions about systemic racism everywhere and white privilege and all of that crap that gets taught now that creates nothing but division. <clears throat> if Trump happens to somehow with a wild card regains the house. That's a whole nother conversation for another show. What you are going to see is the same old stuff that goes on on the part of the leftist media that is fundamentally governed, paid for by big tech as well as foreign interest, of which if you look through the lens of the Constitution, you find criminal behavior in all of it and, and there is really no solution going forward, but ultimately a martial law address that will employ massive power to clean up the corruption that's going on in this country. <clears throat> Again, anyone who understands the trajectory of our country and its sellout to the globalist agenda realize that that is the kind of uh, logical end of this country because we have sold out for many, 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 many decades. Martin Luther King died for talking about it. RFK Jr. Uh, died for talking about it. 
Malcolm X started uh, breaching on it when he left America, went around the world and saw things from another lens. Robert Kennedy. And this is why the swamp is quiet. But they're upset at Trump because Trump basically has been much more candid about the corruption in Washington than your general politicians are comfortable with. And there are a lot of people on the periphery, out in the woods, in the hills, and in the uh, uh, fringes of American citizenry that's ready for a kind of uh, reset in terms of martial law. Christians ought never to be in a place of wanting to see bloodshed of that level. This is why the travesty that occurred with the loss of Ashley uh, Babbitt is, is worthy of our marking out. If there's going to be any kind of wholesale transformation of our government, it has to be done from uh, the governmental position. It has to be done by politicians who actually care about the Constitution and care about freedom and care about rights and care about the freedom of religion, the freedom to bear arms, the freedom of assembly, the freedom to prosper, which is the fundamental DNA of what America is to look like. It has to happen from there. Otherwise, if you have a battle of the citizens against the government, it's going to all go bad. And then the foreign powers that are out there poised, ready to send their nukes in will absolutely be free and emboldened to do it because they will see how weak our country is because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And no Christian should be promoting that kind of vision or scenario. So these prophets who are trying to roll the dice and make money off of people by saying it's going to be martial law. Well, a broken clock is right twice a day. So don't buy it. Save your money. Keep it in your pocket. Pray as God has ordained all of us to for peace and for civil powers to exercise restraint and yet influentially enough to actually bring about the necessary changes that will keep us from collapsing into the global reset that's on its way. Thank you for the call, Brother Dan. Got to take another hard break. When I come back, I'll deal with Kiana. I'll deal with Stefan. I think that's it. Two lines are open. one 367 We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Two lines open, one 367 Two lines open if you want to join the conversation, bring up a topic, ask a question. You shall join us when you call, one 367 Let me go to line one and talk with Kiana in San Leandro. Kiana, are you there? Yes. Hi, um, Pastor Jesse. What's going on? Hi. I was just calling on what happened um in Washington last week, that was just ridiculous and horrible, and it's just hypocrisy on both sides. So now how much of it did you see? Because your main media is not actually going to give you the details, and I'll take this time to, to um, 
engage you and the audience at large uh, of what I consider important categorical distinctions relative to what happened if people are going to be talking about what happened in Washington on January, January 6th. What did you see? I just seen people storming the Capitol steps and tearing up stuff and causing problems. And I was just like, that is not how you express yourself or be heard. Okay. So, and it just I'm, made me really sad that people just acted like complete fools. And this is what happens when you um, don't have Christ. That's basically what it looked like to me. Okay, so we're going to have a conversation. Like, That's crazy. We're going to have a conversation, you and I. <clears throat> All right? So, and, and this is for the broader audience. I just want to do something because I, I recognize something that's going on. So tell me what outlet that did you use to actually get that visual, Kiana? Okay, so I was at work. And I just happened to look at Facebook, so I can't really say, like, which, like, news outlet it was. It was just okay. something that popped up on the feed, and it just showed, okay. like, what people were doing, and I just shook my head because someone was just talking about it at work, and I'm like, whatever, it's probably, like, five or 600 people. But then when I seen all those people, and then it was just, like, all of a sudden all this stuff happened, I just shook my head and started praying because I was just like, this is not – this is this is just this is just it's barbaric and it's crazy. Now, did what did what you see was only the shots of them getting inside, pillaging, tearing up stuff, or did you see Ashley Babbitt get killed? I didn't I didn't see Ashley Babbitt get killed. I heard about it. Okay. And it just right, made so me sad. I just wish people just would have stayed home because okay. it's just like people are like sacrificing themselves for some stupid man and, and all this stuff that's just rooted in sin and it's all in rebellion against God. And it's just like, what is wrong with people? All right. So we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to actually adjust your lens a little bit. Can I do that? Yeah, because there's just so many images with that stuff related. That's okay. all, all right. over so the place. I'm, I'm, so. I'm gonna back you up, and I'm gonna back you up and show you how we need to think this through. First of all, the uh, freedom to assemble and freedom of speech is critical to preserving our constitutional rights. So they had a right to march, they had a right to protest, they had a right to go to the White House, which is. Uh, the Capitol, which is the American people's house. That is really their house. Our Senate and our Congress, House of Representatives, they represent the people. They don't represent themselves. And when, right. our, con and when our Congress does not actually hear us, the only way that they can hear us is when we scream and holler, like our kids do when parents think they're listening to their kids but are not, and then the kids act out and then the parents realize they're serious about what they're saying. This is called uh, civil uh, protest that is designed not to lead to any kind of violence or fighting uh, or, or mayhem or, or chaos. That's sinful. We talked about that. The, 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 um, the march, if you were to watch it from beginning all the way up to the last hour, was a quiet peaceful gathering 
of millions of people. You can find it online. Millions of people singing, talking, laughing, and engaging. Here is the problem, and I said this in my opening monologue. With all of the peaceful protests that occur anywhere in the world when they are scheduled protests, provocateurs enter into the midst of the crowd surreptitiously, looking like the very people of whom that particular larger group is representing. In this case, it is factual that BLM and Antifa people were in the midst of the Trumpster crowd. This is never, ever explained in the major media, but you can find it online. The reason is, is because one of the men that actually took the shot, the picture, video, captured the video of what happened relative to uh, uh, Ashley Babbitt dying. This individual was well known by Antifa, well known by uh, uh, Black Lives Matter as one of their advocates, as one of their speakers, as one of the individuals who uh, who was uh, promoting and 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 filming and and standing up during the 3,500 riots that occurred between uh, May 24th and August 22nd of 2020. 3,500 riots across our nation that did the same thing. And you know that, you know this as well, Kiana, burning up buildings, burning up cars, burning up build, uh, businesses, infiltrating official offices as in Oregon and Washington and across the nation, attacking the police, all of it barbaric, as we stated in our opening monologue, you shall not follow a multitude to do evil. But here is where I have contention with the major media is because they do not distinguish between the people that were peacefully marching and the people that came in there with the intention of being provocateurs, creating conflict, creating mayhem. John Sullivan, an African-American male who was more than willing to talk to the major media, he had a camera and he videoed the shot of the police officer behind the door who was an African-American male who shot Debbie uh, Ashley Babbitt almost point blank. He shot her through the neck. We saw her fall. We saw her bleed out. It was horrible. He did not have to do it but it was done. Now, there are a ton of questions that need to be raised if it's going to be investigated, but they probably won't investigate it because all they're going to do is take that clip and show all the mayhem, the confusion, and the, the pillaging that you saw a bunch of both Trumpsters as well as BLMers as well as uh, Antifa people. In fact, if you go online, you will discover that many of the Trumpsters, when they recognized the BLMers and the Antifa people, uh, uh, Kiana, they started pushing them away and pulling them away because they were the ones that, are go that were going up front, breaking the windows, trying to get inside the Capitol. What the people in the march were doing, they were going to listen to President Trump because they had built a scaffolding for him to stand outside of the Capitol building to speak to them. All of this is documented. It's very clear for anyone that will do the research and search it out. So what people are hearing from the major media is the Trumpster people are insurrectionists. They are just a group of mad, ravening dogs going in there, tearing up the place, threatening uh, the, uh, the, the politicians, and not 
admitting that there were coercive elements that were directly involved in taking it to the next level when the vast majority of the people were just simply going to stand outside, listen to President Trump speak, who did not come because he had heard that it had broken out into uh, mayhem and conflict and that they were penetrating the Capitol. He did not come. All of this can be found online. You're not going to find it on your major media outlets. And what we need to take away from this is what God tells us in Exodus 23, 2. You shall not follow a multitude to do evil. The Christian cannot be getting caught up in protests and riots. The Christian cannot be getting caught up in, in argumentations with, with left and with right over things that if, if it can't be worked out politically and civilly, if it can't be worked out by our officials, then the believer needs to take a position of being a priest and praying about it. And if you're going to be prophetic, as I am, then you share the word of God and you establish the boundaries in order for people to know what scripture mandates relative to how Christians are to deal with political social issues. Otherwise, the media is just going to continue to parse the narrative falsely and then try to have men and women to constantly be divided among themselves. And we're already divided enough. And in fact, Kiana, we are dangerously close to civil war and dangerously close to martial law. And this is why it's important for all of us who are Christians to make sure that we do what the Bible says. Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Make sure we discern right from wrong. Analyze it carefully. Deconstruct it. Make sure we know all the parts so that if we're going to speak to it, we can be helpful. Way overdue. Got to take a break. I hope that helped. Uh, we will be right back after this break. back let's go to line number three and talk with stefan in oakland stefan are you there hey, what's going on sir can you hear me yeah man how are you i'm good i'm good thanks all for right, taking the call thoughts. yeah yeah what's up? Uh, first of all a, pra a praise report uh for the amazing production uh, that you guys that you guys put together i was definitely blessed by that um yeah. and but my my, my call is uh, in regards to sunday's message um, and how impactful it was. And I had a, the, the question about uh, an element of faith. Right. Um, so a little bit of context to it. Uh, recently, I've been having uh, or I've had a burden or a burden has formed um, around this reality that as a collective whole Christian, but obviously this conviction is coming from me, uh, that, I, that I've, I'm kind of understanding that I underestimate the power of God uh, in, in analyzing that, I also kind of find myself uh, overestimating, if you will, like the, the power of the devil, or, or if you can probably put that in, in clearer terms. But this sure. Sunday, um, you made a point that we set that we kind of set our own boundaries uh, yeah. when applying our faith. Uh, yeah. Use a pretty cool <laughs> analogy. Um, and so, my question is, uh, how how do how do I how do I get closer to God? Uh, and I and I come I come I come to that question with I have to be able to sacrifice. Um, but now I'm running into the issue of I don't necessarily know uh, what else to let I don't know what to let go of um, to be able to exhaust uh, my faith 
uh, to the maximum capacity so that I can be given more. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm I'm kind of battling with that your that your message reveals to me. So I was looking if you can talk to that. Right, right. That's going to be uh, an issue of a number of things. First, it's just going to be an issue of candid confession to God of a sense that we don't we don't or aren't Stefan uh, being as honest with God as we as we ought that's one thing and I'm gonna develop this on on Saturday are you are you and crystal gonna make it out oh you are you know <laughs> right well this is gonna help you because the if our relationship with God on the vertical level is uh, impeded by some of the same fundamentals that go on on a horizontal level, then our obligation to God is the same as it is to to one another. And and it has to do with the capacity for comprehending the the fact first that I am not as available and as committed to God as I should be. Again, I'm shrouding that in two words, availability and commitment. This is going to play a role in our dealing with why marriages and relationships are poor on Saturday. Because you heard me make the statement. How is it that I can define a term one way and yet practice actually doing something contrary to the term that I'm defining and, and employ that term as if I really mean it, but in fact, the matter, I can't mean it because I'm saying one thing and I'm doing another. Why is that occurring? Well, that that is a prominent trap that we're all in when we are not able to be as honest with ourselves or with God as we ought. And what God is engaging us to do as his people is to walk in levels of truth, which takes time. Truth takes time. Truth takes time. Coming to be truthful with ourselves, coming to be truthful with God. And and obviously God has to help us. You know, I stated that in, in the message. One of the things I did in the message was make sure that we were comforted by the reality that God is way more faithful to us than we are to him to actually bring about that development that you are yearning for. You and I are yearning to be more authentic, yearning to be more truthful, not just to say it, not to articulate it, but for it to be a reality in our life. Because if my roots, if my roots, if my root downward, if the process of taking root downward is authentic and genuine, available, uh, uh, then the fruit bearing upward is going to be obvious. It's going to take care of itself. And a lot of times we are judging ourselves based on the fruit, which we ought to do because we don't have a real handle on the root. And we talked about that, the mystery of the root, the mystery of the root. And there's a lot of mystery between us and our walk with God. We are not as clear as we should be, because if we were clear, we'd be able to put our finger on it and then begin the process of saying, i got to focus on this area and this area I need to give myself to availability and commitment, availability and commitment. I need to give myself to that in the same way we have to do with our spouses and they with us. If we are not truthful in these areas in which we're going to unpack on Saturday, we will always intuitively feel like I'm, I'm shortchanging God. 
And necessarily, if that's so, then I am not going to see the kind of fruit and development in my faith walk that could be occurring if I were more committed to the reality of my walk with God as it ought to be. You're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to mm -hmm. be prayerful and you're going to have to be committed to just yearning, yearning, yearning that God would be gracious enough to bring you closer to him in a walk with him that allows you to be boldly honest about yourself, not fearful. Here's a word I'm going to unpack on Sunday. Not fearful, not fearful, because fear is at the foundation of much of what impedes us in our walk with God. And I need to unpack right. that for us as well. I know that it is, and it's the antithesis of grown folk faith. You know that. And so we'll unpack that on Sunday. Sorry, our time is up on the show, and I can't really get into it much more. But um, we'll have a chance to deal with that on Saturday, my young brother. So uh, you keep loving on your wife, her, you. And we will see y'all on Saturday, Lord willing, if you really want to keep it real with God. Until then, may God bless you. May God keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace.